1: We're going into these troubled waters with one of the strongest balance sheets of any uh, of our, our uh, allied countries. Uh, we're, we're the best in the G7 in terms of deficit, uh, and we're doing really, really well. So we're going to be able to do what we did in the fall and be there to support people.
0: Justin Trudeau on air with my colleague Rick Zamprin at 900 CHML in Hamilton. A few days ago saying that uh, Canada's the best one in the balance sheets, doing better than anybody else. In allied countries, whatever the prime minister said, we're going to talk about that. But just before we do, because it relates to what we're doing now, Ari Goldkind was just mentioning what we'll talk about in the next hour in more detail. And that is that 22% of Canadians have told Ipsos for Global News that they are completely out of money. That's the quote, completely out of money, quote, end quote. The pinch of high inflation and interest rates has more Canadians, and women especially, saying their budgets are at a breaking point According to a new poll I'm reading from the Global News story, Ipsos Public Affairs polling conducted exclusively for Global News suggests a growing proportion of Canadians, 22%, are completely out of money to the degree they would not be able to pay more for household necessities. That figure is up three percentage points from similar polling conducted in October and rises to 28% among women. Ipsos findings are based on a survey of more than 1,000 Canadians from January 19 to 23. An additional 32% say the pressure to meet continued rising costs of staples, such as food, clothing, transportation, and shelter, would force major changes to their spending plans. Altogether, more than half of respondents, 54%, say they'd struggle to absorb further price increases in their budget. That's up five percentage points from October. And we have found out in the last, I think, 24 hours or so, that we should expect food prices to go up again next month. And that comes from the the CEO of Metro Foods, I believe it is. So then there was the headline that hundreds of thousands of jobs in Canada would be at risk if the Bank of Canada raised its key interest rate for the eighth time. Well, they did that on Wednesday. And economists have warned the federal government of turbulent uh, times ahead this year for the economy. And then we, of course, have had leaders from, and we talked about this already, and we will again, allied countries like Germany and Japan visiting Canada, to seek LNG export commitment. They didn't get that. Premier Mo will address that, I'm sure, when he's with us later. And I asked Pierre Polyev about it when I recorded an interview with him about an hour ago. You'll hear that later today on The Roy Green Show. Eric Cam is with a professor of macroeconomics at Toronto Metropolitan University. It really is our favorite. How are you?
1: Well, you're my favorite as well. Thank you very much. And I'm good.
0: So, look, uh, let's weave this because it's real people, real-time issue. Let's weave this. 22% of Canadians are completely out of money, quote unquote. Can't absorb another increase, and we know it's coming. How do we weave that, Professor Cam, into the overall picture and overall reality of the economy this country's in?
1: I think that it gives us a clear indication that the recession that some people want to pretend is not inevitable is absolutely inevitable. But as always, I want to start with the prime minister. You know, I'm impressed that Rick Zamperin got him on his show. I uh, I bet a couple of people on your network that he wouldn't appear on your show. Oh, it's never going to happen. That I ever made. I offered Scott Thompson $500 to his charity of his choice if he came on your show. But of course, that wasn't going to happen. It makes me sick to my stomach that he has the gall to stand up and say, well, uh, our debt to GDP ratio right now is the lowest among the g 7 I mean, can you imagine with the level that people are struggling right now, the way food prices are soaring, those dogmatic pandemic policies, the food bank use that is up unbelievable levels? Can you believe he has the gall to stand up there and say, that's OK, our debt to GDP level is quite low and responsible right now? Roy, it, it absolutely made me sick.
0: Yeah, when you have one out of five Canadians saying they are out, completely out of money, there's no good news in that. And that has fallout, out, as you know better than I, that has fallen out throughout every layer and strata of our economy. How can well, I not?
1: Let's talk and let's talk about some of those level levels and strata? Let's talk about where we are right now today on the 28th of January. And I will tell you the people that I feel sorry for in our Canadian economy. One, workers. Anybody who's watching their purchasing power erode by the minute. Yeah. Workers. Workers who are worried about job loss, which is coming via this inflationary pressure, because we know it has to hit the labor market. Heaven forbid, and I mean that, if you're a mortgage holder and you're going to have to renew in the next 12 to 18 to 24 months, because that really scares me. You have people that are going to go from 1% mortgages to potentially 7, 8% mortgages. Can you imagine, Roy, the glut of houses? that are gonna go on the market in a couple of years.
0: Yeah, we talked We talked last year, I think it was, about what would happen if the um, interest rate went up 1%, let alone what it's done.
1: Right, and it, you know what, you would have said, see this is the problem with, with with these dogmatic liberal policies is we sat a year ago and talked on your show and we said oh, all of these things that, well, they could happen, but the probability was so low, it was almost unimaginable but they've run the table eight increases in a row. I mean, what if you're a fixed income recipient or, you know, what if you're a person that say eats, what do you do when you go to the store now and you have to really buy the most minimal, probably unhealthy food for you and your family. And that's not a criticism of any parents out there because they're doing everything they can. Some parents I've spoken to aren't eating. So their children.
0: I've heard that too. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, terribly, terribly scary. And when you look at what's going on, you can scapegoat the Bank of Canada. I like Mr. Polyev. I actually do, but he's got to tone down a little bit of the political proceduring when he says, I'm gonna fire the Bank of Canada governor. As I've said before, the Bank of Governor, the Bank of Canada governor, uh, Dr. Macklem, what he's been handed is unprecedented, unprecedented in terms of the challenge. It's never happened since the lord walked on the planet and yet he's been told to quickly bring seven percent inflation down to two percent roy we know that nothing happens that quickly in a capitalist economy and D- that was D- an unfair D- ask professor the can,
0: anybody who asks that question anyone who's in power who goes to the governor of the bank of canada and says quickly bring it down to two percent has absolutely no clue about what the economy is about and may not be interested you know where i'm going with this in monetary policy
1: they're not interested in monetary policy i don't think they're terribly interested
0: why do you in know why policy. i said that
1: but but you know what but you keep coming back to it and it's a good point because it leaves a sour taste in people's mouths i mean you're talking about unprecedented rates right now mm-hmm. of people that are in peril with their jobs with their incomes, with their purchasing power, with their ability to feed and house their families. And yet they're being told that the debt-to-GDP ratio is okay. You know, that's like the scene in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles where John Candy says, but the radio works. And that's the only thing that worked on the car. That's where we are right now. And I don't like to equate the Prime Minister to John Candy because John Candy was talented.
0: So... (laughs) So let's get to this uh, this other issue here. And you talked about jobs. You talked about the uh, impact, the economic challenges. Let me be kind that we face now will have on jobs. So the projection was the projection was hundreds of thousands of jobs would be at risk if the Bank of Canada raised its interest rates last Wednesday, which of course it did. Would you carry that thought forward? It's the eighth consecutive raise of interest rates. I know what you said about uh, Dr. Macklin, but how do we go forward with that statement? What's the rest of the statement here now?
1: Well, it's twofold. In terms of the Bank of Canada, they've played their cards, at least they're transparent, and they've said, this is what we're going to do, and we're going to continue to do it until prices start to fall. I actually pulled the data this week, Roy, and believe it or not, on an aggregate level, Prices have started to fall. But again, a lot of those price decreases are strictly fuel. And that's not something the Bank of Canada can control. So in that sense, the banks, like I say, they've done what they're going to do and they're going to continue. And that's all they can do. What we're really worried about right now, there's various transmissions mechanisms in the economy through interest rates, through exchange rates. And the one that we're most worried about right now that takes a little bit of time is that we rarely haven't talked about businesses and investment and how the increases in prices and increases in interest rates are going to start to affect them and they will because eventually you have to buy new inventory Mm -hmm. you have to buy new goods and you have to replace what depreciates well if the prices of those things are going up as fast as consumer goods and they are well again we know that the general rule something has to give well what's going to give is the labor market going okay, so to hire less people?
0: So, just before we take the break, let's take this inside the family home to the kitchen table. What you've just explained to us makes sense. I mean, I understand what you've said. I'm a layman, but I understand what you said. The logic is there. But if we take it to the kitchen table and you have the family of, I don't know, three, four, five, six, and a dog or two, what's going to happen to that family? If they're reliant on a job that isn't super safe, like a member of parliament's job with a super safe pension plan, what's, what's going to potentially happen to that family?
1: Two things are going to potentially happen. To, well, really, three things are going to potentially happen. One of them is they may be able to hold on, and many people will hold on, but it'll be a marginal hold on. It'll be a life of nothing more than the bare, bare necessities. But unfortunately, many of those jobs are going to be lost through, as I said, that transmission mechanism. And then sadly, many of those people are going to lose their homes through the other mechanism, which is they're just not going to be able to renegotiate their mortgage. And so it's a little bit like football, Roy. When you throw a forward pass, three things can happen. Two of them are bad. That's where we are in the economy right now. If you are one of the people that manages to hold on to your home and the ability to buy goods. I'm very happy for you but it's it's not going to be anything more than that for a little while but unfortunately a a good number of people are going to lose their homes when they have to renegotiate their mortgages or their jobs when those spending increases and cost increases hit the firms
0: that is so scary for people to hear and understand that it is in fact the truth now we're going to take a break professor cam when we come back i want to ask you this we heard the prime minister boast and we'll play that clip
1: again Going into these troubled waters with one of the strongest balance sheets of any uh, uh, of our, our uh, allied countries. Uh, we're, we're the best in the G7 in terms of deficit uh, and we're doing really really well so we're going to be able to do what we did in the fall and be there to support people.
0: So Professor Cam, there's the statement again. You told us where we are. The floor is yours.
1: Yeah. And I wish I could be a little bit more positive and and maybe I will try to end on a positive note. But what I would really ask the prime minister to do, Roy, if I can ramble for a second is stop punishing the population of Canada for your non-economic missions. I mean, he has found this to be the time to bring in things like advancing his green tax and his carbon statements and his indigenous efforts. And I'm not saying for those listening that none of those things are valid and deserve time they're not more important, as we know, than homes and food. So don't take the most unstable economic time since the 1980s, when our poor neighbors across the street walked away from their house and their 21% mortgage. This is just not the time to do that. What it is time to do is increase disposable incomes through tax reductions. Start with easy things, right? Easy gets, like get rid of these new taxes, like the carbon tax, like the fuel tax. Put some money back into people's wallets. And then picking up on what you said, and I've been saying this for a while, you might want to join the rest of the world in turning what is naturally ours into wealth. And that is, let's start exploiting, and I use that term positively, comparative advantages that we have in natural resources, such as oil and gas and grain. I mean, it's actually perplexing that we are dependent. We're a net importer in those things? Why don't we sign agreements to become a net exporter? That's what most staple economies have done. They turn what is naturally um, God-given in a sense, because it's in the ground, and we turn those things into wealth. We have to start thinking more as a nation about wealth creation, because for some reason, the government really has been hesitant to do that up to now. And again, if you're a family, and I say, I'm hoping more households than I think, will be stable, and will be able to keep their homes and feed their families. But I really beg of people right now, nothing risky. And when it comes to consumption, bare minima until you have both feet on the ground. Yeah,
0: and you know, when it comes to our natural resources, we have the customers waiting. They're actually coming here. We don't have to go to them. They are physically coming here looking to make a deal. Now, let me just read you an email I received from CJ. Roy, as of April 1st, both the PM and MPs will be getting an automatic pay raise of 6.5%. This uh, is raises of fifteen dollars to $45,000 for a select 318 individuals. When a senior receives a raise of $700, why is the media not asking the government for a pay freeze? We've done that over and over. In fact, there was a poll done again by Ipsos during uh, COVID asking the, uh, the members of parliament to take a, a pay freeze. You saw what happened. It's all possible. We can improve the situation, Professor Cam. We just have to have the determination and the people who will see it through. Now, in the one minute we have left, is inflation fading? Do we have something on the horizon to look at and say, we will see things improve in the next 6, 10, 12 months?
1: Yes, you will. Well, I mean, will we see things improve? As I always tell you, we're not a physics lab. And we can't pull a lever and make things happen. So if you want the glass half full, as I said about five minutes ago, the aggregate price level, that price of this imaginary basket of goods is starting to come down. So the Bank of Canada, believe it or not, is winning the battle. But it's going to be a long battle. And I don't want to do what the prime minister is doing. I don't want to be Nero as Rome burns. I don't want people who are losing their homes because they can't afford their mortgages to say, but the price level is falling because that's not going to be of any solace to people that that have to leave their house. But since you asked it, it is working. The price level is starting to fall. And if we can somehow mitigate the labor market effect, well, then we'll be okay. But to do that, Roy, we're going to need the government's help. And it's time for the government to step up. We, the professors in in this province, took a 1% maximum pay raise. Maybe the government might want to try that.